this week of the Tech on Tap podcast, Intel joins us to talk HPC, the cloud, and the NetApp data fabric. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. NetApp. I love this company. Zipok. Zipok. I love NetApp because it's so funny. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. I'm in the studio here and with me today I have a couple of guests from Intel. Uh, So starting off, uh, Brock Taylor, hi. What do you do at Intel? Hey Justin, Uh, I am a director and solutions architect uh, focusing primarily on high performance computing and specifically I've got a mission to make it more accessible and easier for people to use. Uh, really looking and trying to drive uh, not only traditional HPC applications and spaces and solutions, but uh, what are people going to use it for in the future and how are we going to make this something that's more prevalent uh, across industry and research as well? Um, so, yeah, here to talk about that and really appreciate you having us. Yeah, no problem. Uh, also with us today, Joe Opdahl. Uh, hi, Joe. What do you do at Intel? Hey, Justin. I um, I work within the cloud service providers platforms group. So um, basically, we've been tracking and working with cloud service providers for the last decade or so, ever since we started embedding a lot of the Intel technology into the orchestration layer. And so of, of late, uh, we've been focused heavily on trying to make the, the top cloud service providers successful in the high-performance computing space, which is, I think, our topic for today. So, All right. And, you know, of course, you, you let the cat out of the bag. We are doing high-performance computing today, and we're going to talk a little bit about what that means here in a second. So for people who are, for some reason, not aware of who Intel is, uh, Brock, what does Intel do? Well, it's uh, hopefully most people do know, but uh, to be honest, Intel's into just uh, about everything, uh, you know, from from high end, high performance computing that we'll talk about today. Uh, definitely through day to day use of computing, people's laptops, and all the way down to embedded systems. And, and in fact, that's where I started my career is working on um, an Intel eighty fifty one processor. That went into printers, uh, helping people, you know, do regular things. Uh, the the real answer is we we do a lot of different things, and ultimately, if you're using devices that are in some way, shape, or form connected to the internet, uh, connected into data centers anywhere, uh, you are using Intel technology. So I, I'm safe to assume that Intel is not just processors anymore. Intel is definitely not just processors. In fact, we we are a very large software organization as well as a company that provides hardware technologies. Um, worldwide, we have uh, anywhere from 15,000, 20,000 software developers. Uh, it's a key piece of our business, and obviously software is what drives uh, a lot of what we produce out of our fabs, our silicon. And, and Joe, um, Intel also has a presence with cloud as well, right? What Can you tell us a little bit about what they're doing with cloud? Yeah, it's, it's, you bring up a great point. Um, you know, people have known us from, from the, for a while, right? We've been around for uh, half a century, I think. Um, 
So we we not only make CPUs, but we've got a whole portfolio of products. In fact, we've got a whole portfolio of a lot of different products around network interface cards, right? We make uh, solid state devices. We we have Internet of Things devices that do computing at the edge. We do reference designs. As Brock mentioned, we have tons of software. So, I mean, the, the natural evolution for us in, into the cloud service provider space, right, is, hey, we work a lot on the software to help the orchestration and the virtualization layer. But even more importantly, right, right our, our overall portfolio gives us expertise to really uh, improve the latency across their infrastructure, but also how well... Uh, that infrastructure performs for their business applications, right? So um, that's where all that software resource comes into play. And and it's it's pretty amazing how much um, we can help um, in a lot of those cases, right? So in the cloud space, we focus quite a bit, uh, I think back in 2006, right, as cloud was just getting going, um, we, we implemented some of the virtualization technology into our hardware, into the CPU instruction set to improve the live migration capability to move workloads from one server to the next, right? So the, we're, we've been involved for quite some time over the last arguably 15 years, right? Uh, as, as HPC has evolved, as well as, as cloud has evolved, right? And that's kind of brought us up to this point, which is yeah. a very exciting time. Yeah, it's it's a really good segue, Joe. I, I think um, I, I actually did start. We started working with cloud providers on high performance computing um, around that time frame. It was about two thousand six, two thousand seven. But let me step back. When we talk high performance computing, uh, it's really a broad term, and uh, I think when you look at it at its core, at just a high level. HPC applications are number crunchers. And in the more traditional sense, you're going back 10, 20 years, a lot of what high performance computing was doing were solving very specific uh, equations. So the kind of thing that, you know, as a, as a freshman in differential equations class, literally staying up all night solving a very simplified form of some of these, these problems, we're able to take those equations, put them into models and applications that spread out this heavily intensive computation across uh, multiple cores, multiple processors, and multiple nodes. So high-performance computing traditionally was looked at you know, as, as a lot of things like floating point operations, and a lot of the applications are focused on memory bandwidth and what's what's the speed at which I can do my piece of this calculation. But as we as we move forward to today, uh, we have a number of use cases that are actually expanding the definition of high performance computing and really fueling a lot of evolutionary growth. Uh, the first is a path to exascale. So obviously Intel is helping deliver in the 2021 timeframe the first exascale class system to Argo National Lab. Uh, that is causing a lot of um, innovative research and growth to actually get there. We've got a lot of challenges that we're overcoming. But the other two that uh, we'll talk more about today is the emergence and the rapid growth of artificial intelligence and analytics, as well as the use of the cloud to actually handle and augment some of the more traditional resources that have been used in high-performance computing. And, and I think that's that's really made 
a pretty exciting time as we look to address a lot of new challenges of some of these new workloads. So with the growth of artificial intelligence and those workloads, they're still computationally intensive applications, but a lot of times the type of calculations that they're doing are different than the more traditional HPC applications. So that presents a really good and interesting challenge of how do you produce infrastructure and provide infrastructure that can handle both the traditional HPC workloads and the new and emerging workloads that are coming with AI and analytics. And in many cases, people are combining the two so that you've got workflows that are helping them produce new and innovative results, design new products, and actually get uh, information and data faster than they were before. With the uh, AI and analytics piece, you know, what is Intel providing in terms of hardware or software, and, and how, is, how are you interacting with things like NetApp Storage or NetApp Cloud? Mm-hmm. Well, let me, let me uh, take that first part, or the last part first, because uh, the, the storage is actually a very interesting thing. Um, if, if you think of in just in the next year, the expected data that is being produced and flowing in, into data centers just so you can run these applications and actually compute on that data is really, really huge. So an average internet user is probably gonna be producing about a gig and a half of data per day. With autonomous vehicles and even things like connected airplanes, they're gonna be generating each one four to five terabytes of data per day. Then you move up to the emergence of smart factories that have all kinds of sensors and everything on the on the floor as things are being manufactured. They could be producing petabyte of data per day. And, and there are use cases that go even higher than that. Um, you know, video providers and things upwards to 700 and 800 petabytes of data per, per day, all flowing into these data centers. So the storage, and the capabilities and performance of storage alone is critical to being able to run these applications, parse that data and come up with results that you need. So then Intel has, again, all kinds of different pieces that we're providing in at all levels. And Joe mentioned uh, IoT and edge devices and computation that's there. Um, I, I focus a lot on what's going on in the data center itself, and that's absolutely our line of Xeon processors that provide loads of capability to, you know, again, do HPC, traditional HPC, handle AI and, and analytics. But on top of that, I go to a lot of the software that's needed there. Uh, so the, the group at Intel that produces our developer tools uh, basically produces the best in class tools for compiling applications, uh, providing the libraries like math kernel libraries and performance libraries that make applications just sing. And so we have a number of different technologies, software technologies that we're providing that help uh, with the traditional HPC applications, but as well, artificial intelligence and analytics. Uh, so just in the past couple of years, Intel has uh, provided an Intel distribution for Python. Uh, that connects a lot of the common Python machine learning and, and, and algorithms into optimized libraries on the back end so that you, you literally can see 
uh, speed ups even a hundred times on certain algorithms and, and certain uh, data paths. So you really, we're providing hardware, we're providing software. And then as well on the solution side, you know, what I do is actually go in and help combine these and integrate these technologies for people providing the solutions as a package. Again, we're trying to make it easier and more accessible to use this technology. So within data centers, we help people actually sell into the data centers. Again, you know, storage is a key piece of that as well. Uh, in HPC in the cloud, we're actually working to make those types of solutions and that infrastructure, the instances that people are running on easier to use and make them look the same as what they're using in their own data centers. You know, there's, if I can chime in here too, from a cloud perspective, if you look at all of the top cloud service providers as they're getting into HPC and 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 Brock kind of alludes to this um, in, in, it, in what he describes as our kind of our mission within the HPC space. We really hate latency, right? I mean, our our, our hunt or our search is to find those bottlenecks and, and remove them. Either it's from software interconnects or interconnects between the memory. And as Brock alluded to, with large large amounts of storage and data being scaled and ingesting. Um, in all sorts of different forms and factors. If you look across all of the top cloud service providers and their HPC platform offerings or infrastructure offerings, they all accommodate as well as enhance and look to optimize the interconnects for the file systems, right? Uh, Net, NetApp files specifically, right? Because you guys have a, a whole bunch of different uh, offerings that either have the existing data or that ingest that data and and provide an opportunity for that data in flight if it's if it's on the cloud for the analytics that are doing or uh, to make sure that it's prioritized um, because it, they're storing data that needs to be uh, comprehended as well as analyzed uh, within it right so um, in uh, every one of the top cloud service providers that we work with right all of their solutions whether it's a linux file system to triage or whether it's it's a parallel file system that that needs to be accommodated right a netapp fits into that equation pretty handily so you mentioned parallel file systems and you mentioned um you know the, the need for large capacity storage so what protocols are we tying into these uh workloads i mean we are we doing nas level protocols is it block level? Is it S3? What are you mostly seeing out there in terms of how HPC workloads are operating? That is a tough call. <laughs> uh, I, I think I know a lot of people don't like the answer, but it it depends. It depends. Uh, see, yeah, yeah. It's a t- it's a tough answer, especially uh, no offense to any marketing people out there, but giving that answer to marketing is a is yeah. We're a not tough we're not marketing. Yeah, we're not marketing. What he's alluding to is there's there's such a strong spectrum, right? From traditional HPC that's that's basically the the capacity is planned for and built up with with specific file systems um, in mind, and then you get over into you know high performance computing in the cloud, and you've got it's it's almost the exact opposite. It, it's no longer a question of data. Uh, the the different spectrum of data types that you're having to deal with, it's actually a 
spectrum of different tenants of your cloud, right? You've got so many different folks who are looking to get access to high-performance computing capabilities and file systems that they bring any and all types of data coming into it, right? So you really do see the broad spectrum of, of everything, right? It, yeah, and it, it really does provide a, a challenge, especially with systems that we would call on-premise, again, systems that are deployed inside of an enterprise-level data, uh, data center where you have to provide multiple types of storage and, and applications have to know, and then many times users have to know which one they need to target. Um, one thing that the cloud does, that the cloud can provide is different views or different storage technologies in a much easier fashion. And so that, that presents a good opportunity for various workloads, and again, depending on what you have on-prem or in your data center, the cloud may offer different capabilities and you can combine the two. Yeah, and I mean, the, the whole it depends answer is actually not a bad answer for us because we do play in a lot of different protocol spaces. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got our NAS and SAN in the same platform with, with ONTAP. And then we got S3 with storage grid, and then we've got, you know, your super fast systems with the, with the flash, the E-series systems. So, I mean, we have a lot of things that people are already using today for high-performance computing. Um, what is the biggest challenge that you're seeing with customers that are trying to, you know, not only figure out how to solve their HPC problems, but also how to get in and out of the cloud? The connection of environments is actually a, a key challenge. Again, call it traditional infrastructure, or traditional HPC infrastructure that uses resource management software um, you know, examples like Slurm or uh, PBS Pro, uh, where you're basically using that to launch jobs. Uh, when you combine with um, artificial intelligence, sometimes those those launching mechanisms are different. Uh, and then when you put the two together, you have to be able to have those different job, job launching environments work together. And that's just you know, working on-prem. Now, when you move to a cloud environment, a cloud interface, it can be different or how it presents itself can be different. So you have to have good ways that connect the two together. And, and there are actually a number of partners that we work with uh, in the industry that both provide cloud services, uh, their own data centers, obviously the big players, as well as a number of uh, service providers that help connect um, people with their local environments into the cloud. Uh, so that that's one of the issues that is actually uh, relatively complex to make it easy for people to migrate back and forth. Yeah, so NetApp has uh, methods and, and ways to get in and out of clouds with our with our software. So, I mean, we have, you know, SnapMirror, which can go from the on-prem systems into the cloud very easily. Um, we also have things like CloudSync, which can do copy of data into S3 buckets. And then we have, you know, technologies like our NDAS technology, where we can actually back up to the cloud using cloud uh, copy-to-cloud technology, and then leveraging Elasticsearch to look for objects within that backup to, to search very easily. So in, in the high-performance computing space, um, I feel like that if you need to go from your on-prem systems to your cloud and back again, we, we have a lot of ways of doing that. You highlight, again, uh, another key aspect is that a lot of companies are operating both environments and that need to move data uh, back and forth and, and knowing which data to move and how much is a really key aspect of people bridging into the cloud. 
So I guess uh, that would be a good way to segue into use cases. So can you give me an example of somebody that would need to have a hybrid cloud approach, right? Being able to leverage your on-prem systems as well as your cloud systems and move easily in and out of the cloud. Yeah, absolutely. So if you think of uh, especially larger enterprises or enterprises that are operating local HPC resources in their own data center, uh, more and more we're actually seeing that that they are they are saying we really have to balance our capital expenditures, right? And so when you're looking at purchasing those systems, they're looking at balancing uh, the the amount of resources that they need for every job that they could be running, right? And so that that gives them some level of they have a compute capacity. And now they're they're really facing three demands. How do I figure out what's the right amount of resource so that um, you know as we report, our finance people are happy and we're actually utilizing and maximizing our investment. Uh, they also have to handle what, you know what would be surge demand that actually at any given point, while they may have it sized well, they can get too many jobs coming in at that point. And what do you do when a job cannot run because you don't have capacity? Um, that's potentially missed opportunity, right? It, it may be that a job is so timely that running it in the future or deferring it to the future literally turns into uh, you know, a, a lost opportunity, uh, lost innovation, something like that. You also have applications that don't necessarily maximize the utilization 100% of the time. They may have some form of a duty cycle where they're they're number crunching for a, a period of time, and then they've got to figure out what to do with that data. Again, there may be workflows and things that are that are having that kind of computational pattern, but there are periods where they need to reserve the resources because they need some timely aspect to it, but they're not fully utilizing them. So in all three of those challenges, the cloud presents a really good way to augment your local compute capacity with something that can handle surge demand and something that that can handle more on-demand shorter burst jobs right and so you you actually present a way that solves the first problem which is helping finance or helping size and utilize your on-prem resources to maximum amount without fear that you're going to miss out on opportunity because you can't handle surge demand you know, one of, one of the other things that you you also highlighted, Justin, is that one of the barriers that are a lot of customers who are considering leveraging the high-performance compute capabilities that top cloud service providers are providing um, is that it's difficult to find a simple, performant, hybrid file access, right? That That's one thing that, that does trip them up in a lot of cases, and it's also top of mind for them. So a lot of, a lot of the offerings that NetApp uh, brings to the table in collaboration with these CSPs, right, or, or to the traditional enterprise businesses that are building up high-performance computing in their environments, um, it, it helps answer and, and mitigate some of that risk. Um, especially when some of the motivators of people who are looking to implement high-performance computing uh, in the cloud, which are agility and speed of scale and efficiency of scale, as well as you know having that extra capacity that Brock uh, talked about earlier, right? Yeah. So that that to me is is kind of the big uh, benefit um, of the portfolio that that you're referencing from NetApp. 
Yeah, and I mean, this spinning up of resources and adding compute and adding storage in the cloud doesn't cause you any sort of consternation or disruption either. I mean, you can do this stuff pretty instantaneously as you need it and then spin it down as you don't need it anymore. Yeah, it's built by the second and it's it, the capacity's there for your choosing, right? So, Yeah, and it really, there, there's a lot of new use models. Again, it's that on-demand resource. Uh, you have to rethink a little bit, but as you pointed out, the the connection and the, the movement of data back and forth is a key aspect um, that's really, really important as you're handling you know, workloads in both environments. You know, what we see is roughly in, in 2017 of the total spend in high-performance computing, this hardware, software, everything, uh, about 7% was HPC, was spent on HPC in the cloud. By 2022, we expect the overall percentage to be somewhere between 12 and 13% that's spent on HPC in the cloud. So that while HPC overall has a, a healthy growth and a healthy CAGR, what we actually see is the use of cloud is outpacing the overall percentage growth. So, you know, that's roughly uh, about a 20, 23%, somewhere around there percent CAGR of the total spend in HPC is actually gonna go into the cloud over the next few years. Do you uh, foresee any chance of that potentially slowing and not hitting that number because people are starting to pull back and go back to on-prem? Uh, obviously, uh, you know, I don't have the crystal ball. I I think, you know, it might actually be a conservative estimate. I, I think what, what you might actually see, what I hope to see is that it's actually the the overall use of HPC just continues to grow, and that might actually fuel growth both on-prem and in the cloud, uh, because basically everything is is driving computation and the the introduction and the the rapid rise of AI models and workflows that connect both traditional HPC with new HPC. I think it's going to drive a lot of demand. There's, there's a lot of really exciting things happening, right, as well, that, that allude to some of those growth, those growth vectors that, that Brock highlighted. Um, first and foremost, right, the, the CSPs have started taking note of the advantages and some of the actual performance benefits of a highly orchestrated environment that's been well-tuned with low latency and, and high-performance fabrics built in. Uh, we're, we're actually seeing in some specific workloads, right, um, where in the cloud can actually outperform um, a, a purpose-built cluster, right? Because of the, the considerations and the tuning that have happened across the network and the storage and the compute. So we're, they're actually getting more and more involved. Uh, you know, four or five years ago, you would go to events like supercomputing and international supercomputing, and you might run into maybe one or two uh, different CSP representatives there. Now, I think what you're going to see at like this year's international supercomputing, um, I mean, we have a whole bunch of different uh, uh, activities that were, we have several cloud service provider panels that talk about, you know, kind of what their engineering and development efforts and their uh, top of mind problems to solve within the cloud as as a collective cloud service provider audience, right? We have all of the big top CSPs that we'll be hosting at ISC, as well as tutorials for how to leverage and on-ramp uh, to get 
access to these new technologies that cloud service providers offer in high performance computing, but also tutorials of how to actually start, you know, gaining access to your or your data sets and then computing with them and developing those new business models and leveraging the new technologies that, that they can bring to market in some, in some cases faster than uh, the in-house IT shop or the, the purpose-built uh, HPC cluster. So there are several um, quarter-day, half-day tutorials that, that Intel is putting together at the Movenpick at International Supercomputing where three or four years ago, again, you, you the, the, Top CSPs were, were really just kind of um, attendees, right? Where now they're really facilitating uh, some of the innovations that they're bringing to bear that are unique to the cloud service provider space and business, which I think, again, come full circle. It's, it starts alluding to the, the rapid growth and adoption because of the capacity, the new technology, and once you come to terms with it, the ease of on-wrapping um, into the cloud. So th- those are those things are very exciting to me from from my standpoint when it comes to high performance computing in the cloud and and what's coming up. I can attest to the the growth of large cloud providers at both ISC and SC. In just a few years, you you've seen them emerge with very large presence at both shows. So it it is rapidly growing, and a number of both big and small providers are jumping into the game. So you mentioned uh, ISC. Is there anything else, anywhere else we can go to get information about uh, Intel and HPC? So you can you can go to intel.com forward slash HPC, and that will provide a lot of different information, not just about what's coming up at ISC, but as well the different things that we have, the different offerings. Uh, that will include uh, information on our hardware and our silicon, as well as the convergence of artificial intelligence and HPC um, and and things we do like the Intel Select Solutions Program. So there's a lot of information on that site. As well, you can go to software.intel.com and and there find out a lot of information of our developer tools, such as Parallel Studio, that includes uh, a lot of the key elements that really help deliver maximum performance from the Intel platform. All right. And if we want to contact you, uh, Brock, how would we do that? Yeah, best way is uh, LinkedIn. So you could just search for Brock Taylor and Intel and you should find me. So I'm, I'm also out on LinkedIn um, and you can reach out with, to Joe Updahl via LinkedIn as well as uh, there's also intel.com slash cloud uh, that you can go to and you'll, you'll see different HPC references there. And quite frankly, all of the top cloud service providers, if you look at the different HPC offerings that they're they're providing today, I think you'll find very quickly if once you peel back um, the different services that you or your customers may be interested in, you'll find the reference to, to not only Intel, but also NetApp into those. So uh, that's probably the best reference that I have uh, for a lot of these technologies is through the cloud service providers themselves. All right, Brock, Joe, yeah. thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. 
Cheers. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at NetUp. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tap podcast team, I'd like to thank Joe Opdell and Brock Taylor of Intel for joining us today. As always, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah. Is it just me that's getting off on this? Oh, yeah.